Raising the Bets is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to Raising the Bets, where a Catholic couple raising five kids outside of Boston join us as we share the joys and challenges of marriage, homeschool, and our adventures near and far as we make sense of the world and experience the best parts of our culture. I'm Dom Bettinelli. And I'm Melanie Bettinelli. Huh? Ha. <laughs> huh. So I'm working with one ear, sort of. Um, so we went swimming today, first time this season at my brother's house. His pool is open, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, so we went over there swimming, and now my left ear is blocked, and I can't hear anything out of it. Uh, getting old is really a pain. Frustrating. It's frustrating. Your body don't work like it used to. So, uh, so that's one thing we did this week is we went swimming. Uh, but another thing we wanted to talk about that's new we've got to talk about last week is we've signed up three of the kids for karate. Or karate. <laughs> martial arts. Yeah. Mixed martial arts. They're going to win. They're going to compete in the Muay Thai. No, they're, they're no. not doing mixed martial arts. They're doing karate. <laughs> yeah. Kenpo karate. And uh, so it's a local dojo. I, I, I'm going to call it a dojo. It's just a martial arts school. But okay. Um, I've been watching Cobra Kai recently. So the uh, the series. So I'm I'm kind of into that now. Um. Yeah. But the instructor. The sensei is as different from the Cobra Kai uh, guy as you could be. So uh, Chris is a firefighter who does this on the side. And uh, you and I have both been. We've taken the kids. Uh, yeah. So Sophie, Ben and Anthony have are all going. And uh, so what did you think? What do you think of um, Chris? He's very laid back and low key in a way. Um. I mean, he's serious and he's. Yeah. And he expects the kids to, you know, be respectful or whatever. Right. But, but he's also got a little bit of a sense of playfulness and he's really good at connecting with the kids. I felt like he's very calm and even keeled and a really interesting guy. Like I was t chatting with him on Saturday and he says he loves history and he if he wasn't a firefighter, he'd be a history teacher. And uh, I, I feel like he's good at sort of connecting to the kids one-on-one -on, -one on a personal level mm -hmm. one one time when i was there he asked them like what did you learn today uh that sort of thing like right like what did you learn in school today and you know very like this it's an interesting balance between he's not like hardcore like you must bow to, i mean they do bow but right. you know you must follow every di discipline uh but he's also but but he does expect them to perform you know to 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 be pay attention and to, you know, to, to participate, but he's also real friendly. He's sort of on their level. Uh, he's a huge star Wars fan. Yes. He, he loves, he's commented on the kids, the star Wars shirts. Cause of course they are always wearing star Wars shirts. Yes. Oh. Uh, although at one point in the, the first class that I took them to, uh, he referenced Bruce Lee and our three kids kind of had these blank looks and he's like, you've heard of Bruce Lee. And they're like, no. And he looks at me like, what? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll immediately show them Enter the Dragon, <laughs> which we actually haven't watched yet, but we will. Uh, so the uh, 
it's a really nice setup. You, you it's a, there's a monthly fee, which isn't too much. You know, would we say it's a hundred bucks a month? But you can go to as many classes as you want in, in a month, and it's usually like two to three classes a week available. Um, so, but there's no real pressure if you like have to make so many classes or have to make particular right. classes. It's kind of it's kind of as you know, come as often as you want. And I notice it's not like a set program. No, they, it's sort of you show up and he's going to be teaching particular skills, particular moves or you know whatever and they're in the beginner class so it's really kind of free freewheeling and loose right and um right some of the kids in the class have been a few more times so they know like more of the moves and he's just kind of working with each kid where they are and i really liked that like yeah. recognizing even in the beginner class they're not all in the same place but that's okay he can she's go with it he's also sort of down to earth and practical where, you know, he talks about because it's a martial art, a lot of kids are doing this because they want to be able to defend themselves in various situations or, you know, or at least that's in their mind. And so he talks about, you know, how and when to use martial arts in the real world in very practical sense. You know, right. It's all of the classes are sort of grounded in someone's attacking you. This is the move that you use to defend yourself um, and this is as much force as you use. Don't use more or don't do this because a lot of times he will say, you're the martial artist. <laughs> when the cops are wondering who's, who did something wrong, they'll look at you because you're the martial artist. And um, very, very explicit, like you don't start fights. You don't bully people. You protect the innocent and you defend yourself, but you try to get out of the fight as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're not doing something fancy is whatever will end the fight. Get the other guy to stop fighting you. Right. And I really like that. Like, it's not about being cool. It's about very practical. You want to stop the other guy from hurting you. Exactly. Exactly. So it's definitely like, again, if you've seen Cobra Kai, it's definitely the opposite of, of that. I, mean, I had some trepidation at first, like, because you do have like these images of like martial arts can be really good or it can be sort of not as good. Well, especially for our kids with their various uh, personality quirks and their various issues. Um, I think someone who was more intense might might overwhelm them. Right. I think they, they immediately like him because he's not intense and he's was, you know, big on star Wars and really engaging and, uh, you know, really nice to them. Uh, he's quickly garnered. I think that Sophie is kind of, <laughs> she's a badass. She's fierce. <laughs> she's fierce. Um, he also wondered if the three of them were triplets because they're all about the same height. This <laughs> is funny. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but it's yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a uh, it's a nice little dojo that he's got going there. And uh, I, we we found him on a recommendation from one of the scout parents that their son uh, had been going. He hasn't been going in a while, although I think he's going to start going back again. But because he, he had like, I don't know, basketball or baseball or something. So which was conflicting. So this is uh, it seems like a thing. And this was just, you know, a, a chance to give them another physical outlet, something to do, something to be a part of and to, to get Plus, out of I the think, house. I think knowing how to defend yourself is, well, is a good a, human skill. That's also a very good skill to have. Yeah. 
Um, so karate. And then uh, the other thing we did this week, we had the meeting for summer camp. So we're like our kids are doing Boy Scouts uh, or BSA Scout summer camp again. They sit with the same. There's a troop in the next town that's very large that runs its own camp. And uh, so it's each, not a council camp. Yeah, it's not a council camp. And so uh, we're taking part in that again. Our kids are going again. Uh, this is going to be Bella's last. She's going to age out as a scout, although she could go back as a counselor uh, next yeah, they year. They said she'd more than welcome to come and either do, you know, and be staff, either right. to teach merit badge classes or to help out in some capacity. Um, they've got a lot of older kids, uh, both who are scouts and who are siblings of scouts who mm-hmm. help out at the camp. It's really a very family oriented camp. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go this year for at least most of the week. Uh, I'm, I, I got stuff to do with SQPN, uh, like at the on Monday. It's Monday is a really busy day. It's hard to get away. Uh, but after that, the um, like Tuesday through Saturday, I'm planning to go this year and help. And I was thinking maybe helping in the kitchen because I love to cook. Or uh, and they said they always need help there. Or um, you know, teach a merit badge class or something like that. Maybe harder to teach a merit badge class if you're not there able to be there every day though right exactly well the the classes uh, the way they do the classes is they're rolling they don't like every single day like they oh i thought they were like every day maybe they are i i might have a misunderstanding on how it works so but in any case i'll go and help out as much as whatever way i can and we think we take lucy they have a sibling program for younger siblings who aren't yet scouts like i said very family friendly it was really nice to hear you know, the nice things that uh, people were saying, the the adults, they were saying about our kids, you know, how welcome they will be and uh, what, how good they are at camp and to see how much they have grown over the past three years. So uh, that's been very nice. So I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that. The other benefit to doing this one is it's much less expensive than the council camp. Yep. Council camp, I think, is like 600 bucks for a week. And this one is about 300 bucks. So it's substantially less. So another thing I did this week is that I did is I took part in an AMA, which for those who don't know, is called It Means Ask Me Anything uh, with a a community on Discord. Discord is another social network. You may have heard about it. And uh, StarQuest has a Discord at sqpn.com slash Discord. And it's sort of like a bulletin board style uh, with channels and, and, and that sort of, you know, subject channels and that sort of thing. Um, so this is at the Catholic Diocese of Discord, it's called. It's a very big uh, community. I think they saw somewhere like 8,000, 10,000 members. It was, it's very large. And uh, they they have, every month they have uh, someone come in and do an Ask Me Anything session. Jimmy Aiken had, did one for four hours, which is just, just like, mind-boggling. Uh, I think last month they had Father Dwight Longenecker. And uh-huh. so they've they've had, you know, people you know, people, you know, authors and like myself, a podcaster or whatever, you know, other personalities come in and answer questions. And the people submit the questions ahead of time. And then the, a moderator during the DMA asks live and it's live streamed. It's live audio stream. Uh, it's not video streamed. And so they uh, they ask the questions live and then, you know, you're answered on the spot. So it was nice. Um I got a real sense that everyone was very young, much younger than me. There's a very young sense, like in the live chat that goes along with it. Lots of memes, lots of talking in uh, lingo, you know, some jargon. Um, so uh, very, very interesting experience. Interesting in 
questions that really got me thinking, um, you know, challenging to phrase, you know, what is it we do here with SQPN? What is it we're um, about? How do we do what we do? How, how does, how does online evangelization work and some stuff like that? So it was very, very challenging. Very good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I did it for about two hours. So not, not, not nothing. Um, we do a D, an AMA on uh, StarQuest every month uh, or every three months uh, or for just within our own community. Uh, that one is just done as um, over the course of like 24 hours. We, uh, we people post questions and they're written answers from some one member of our community. So that should be, we should get you to do one, Melanie. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Oh, Why uh, not? I'm, I'll sign you up. Uh, you heard it folks. We have it recorded. <laughs> she, she will do an AMA, um, especially ask your questions about books. That would be really good. Books, literature, poetry. I yeah. suppose they could ask you questions about being married to me. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I may not want to hold you to that. Now that I think about it. Uh, oh, I think that we will. <laughs> so, well, the first step is to get you on to the Discord server. I, I think technically I, I might have an account. I have sent you an invitation that you did not pick up. Um, I'm really like dealing with social media. Like I can. You handle, have one social media account. I, I have. I have. I technically have a Twitter account. I, I don't ever use it. I don't know the last time you actually logged into Twitter. Um, yeah, I, I have a Facebook account. I'm on Facebook all the time because I have lots of friends that I chat with there regularly. But I just doing more than one social media platform. My brain just doesn't do that. Keeping track. So, yeah. well, in in this case, uh, we'll, we you need to at least expand to two. So you get you onto the dis Discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, it always bugs me when I see the mainstream media refer to it as a gamer social network. I mean, at one point, Discord was a gamer network. That's how it began. It's way beyond that now. I mean, it's not just gamers anymore. So, right. Um, so uh, I did know that much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what we've been doing. And let's talk about things we've been cooking. We didn't do much new this week which is kind of funny but we've been grilling i've been grilling something every day the weather has been perfect for grilling and so i've been doing a lot of like since in the past week we did let's see uh so last sunday we we talked about the uh my nephew's graduation party so that was that one uh and then monday was the summer camp kickoff rally which actually they had they served food so they had that so but they, uh, they grilled they grills, yes. Tuesday we did um, tuna sandwiches and grilled cheese in anticipation of going to Scouts, except we actually never went to Scouts because there was a whole lot of confusion on what was going. This our Scout troops went to Gettysburg this weekend. We didn't go because it was expensive. It was expensive. And see, a lot of these things where they're big trips for families with one scout it's much more doable but i've got four of them so it, it costs four times as much for us to do these as it does for the other families so um although the mcclellans have three kids so you know they they, they manage them um, but yeah but uh, also we we went to gettysburg and spent most of a week there not too long ago so right. the kids the kids are like it might be nice to go back to gettysburg sometime you know that was four years ago right oh my gosh <laughs> but but they're not super thrilled with the idea of going with with the scouts yeah well the other big problem is it was it was a they were going to bike around gettysburg and 
while our kids all have bikes, they are in various stages of disrepair. Again. Again. I've talked about that on the show before. <laughs> Still not fixed. Um, so I, I just, it was, so it just was not going to work out. Anyway, they all went away, but we thought last Tuesday there was going to be this whole thing with, um, getting ready for the trip and where were, was there going to be actually anything for our kids to do that we ended up not going we had but we were on scout nights we tried to have nice easy dinners and, and so we were doing tuna sandwiches and grilled cheese and uh i didn't make tuna sandwich what did i make i made something different anyway the point was you were talking about how many times you grilled so far i haven't talked about anything <laughs> you i've grilled. Have not yet mentioned a thing that you've grilled okay you're really all over the place tonight yes well so on Wednesday, I grilled. We did uh, grilled pizza. Right. We did pizzas on the grill, uh, where I used the naan from from the grocery store, the frozen naan. They actually sold frozen pizza rounds too, uh, so I used those. Those work really well. Um, one of these days, I'm going to make pizza dough. I used to make pizza dough. Yeah, it's. I think the the recipes I've seen say it's actually best to make it like 24 hours in advance and let yeah. it sit in the fridge overnight. Like that's what professional pizzerias do yes to let the gluten develop right you want that stretchiness so so Which then would, would on, make it easier yeah so then the next day i made thai grilled pork skewers those were good mooping yeah those are really good so uh let me mention how those how i make those so uh you take pork shoulder a whole boneless pork shoulder uh i need to make more of it next time <laughs> it went pretty quick yeah uh so uh you know for for the seven of us four pounds would probably at least four pounds would be good and then um you slice it into th strips and then you put it in a marinade of garlic cilantro brown sugar fish sauce soy sauce oil and white pepper and you let that marinate for a couple hours and then uh you s thread the the strips onto metal skewers and you kind of bunch them up. You kind of scrunch them accordion style on there. So they're nice packed tightly. And then you, um, then you, you get the grill going and I had the, the charcoal grill and you, you just grill it on the, over the coals, over the fire. And then, you know, every few minutes you turn it, when you turn it, you baste it with coconut milk. And that's really the trick. Right there is that that coconut milk gets this real nice flavor texture. I mean, it really adds something. It gets toast like toasty coconut, you know. Yeah, it didn't uh, have a strong coconut flavor. Though. No, it was a subtle flavor. It was really good. And then it you serve it with with rice, obviously, but also the a chili lime sauce. Ju is the uh, Thai chili lime sauce. And that's basically, this was really cool. You take some jasmine rice uncooked and you put it in a skillet and you toast it just, you know, a few minutes over medium heat. Then you, you put it in a spice grinder and grind it to, till it's coarse. Then you add that to um, some fish sauce, lime juice, shallot, cilantro, brown sugar, some red pepper flakes, and a little bit of water and then you let it refrigerate for at least an hour and that, you know, to let it m meld. And it's really good. It was and good, but I kind of wanted something a little bit more. I don't know. Um, from the, from the sauce? From the sauce. Huh. I wonder what would be additional flavor in that sauce. Soy? Like. Maybe a little bit of soy. 
Yeah, because I know you're not a huge fan of fish sauce. Right. So, um, and maybe more lime, because I know you always say more oh, yeah. lime is always better. Maybe a little bit of sugar, too. Like a, maybe there a was little sugar bit of in sweetness. It. Hmm, I don't know. Honey? Was, oh, that might work. Yes, dear. Oh, yeah. You missed the obvious joke. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I also, um, I cut up some fresh mint from the garden. Yep. And serve that on the side, like people could sprinkle it on top of the meat. And uh, I chopped up some pistachios. Right. Um, If I'd had peanuts, I might have done those, but we didn't have any salted peanuts and I had salted pistachios. So I, I chopped up some pistachios. And that, like the, the crunchiness of the pistachios and the mm-hmm. the freshness of the mint uh, on top of the meat was a really great addition. I mean, it's not traditional to the, to the Thai, but it's compatible, certainly compatible with it. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, the peanut would be would be traditional right but in any case it's it's a fairly it's fairly simple except it takes some prep you've got to like you got to partially freeze the meat so that it slices easier because you know so you can slice the thin slices and then you got to have time to marinate the meat so you got to kind of think about it you can't it's not something you can just do 20 minutes before you've got to get to you know get it on the grill uh, but it's it's other than that, it's super easy. Not a lot of ingredients, and uh, it was really good. So then uh, Friday night, the because it's Memorial Day weekend, the grocery store had steaks on sale, so I got some steaks and the first sweet corn of the season, uh, you know, corn on the cob, uh, which were really kind of cute, short. <laughs> they were they were short and stubby and fat. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, just you, you, you apparently like short, stubby, fat things <laughs> like me. <laughs> so, no comment. No comment. Um, yeah, well, I mean, again, it's the first corn of the season, so that's it's going to be uh, early, early corn. But it was good. Uh, once you cooked it all the way, it was it was good. You didn't cook yours enough. Everybody else's was fine, but my cob for some reason was a little bit on the starchy side. I'm not sure what happened. Yeah. But I mean, corn on the cob is so easy to cook. You just throw it back in the microwave with like a you know wet towel for like two minutes, and boom, you're done. Uh, but the steak was good, you know, grilled. And then uh, Saturday night, I did uh, bratwurst, an Italian sausage, and a chorizo linguiça. And um, the bratwurst was was good. Uh, I should look that recipe up because I um, what did I do for that? Uh, this was a recipe I got from Weber, the like Weber Grills. Okay, like a email on their website or something like that. But uh, I, I didn't follow theirs exactly. But here's what I did. Uh, so you take a couple bottles of lager beer. I used Sam Adams, and some. Um, you, you whisk that together with two tablespoons of Dijon or spicy brown mustard, uh, your choice. Brown sugar. Always Dijon. I'm and, not a big fan of spicy brown. Yeah, right. And the coriander is a, a ground coriander seed. Um, so you mix those together. Then you t- you take some thinly sliced yellow onions and you layer them in the bottom of a, of a disposable pan, you know, disposable foil pan. Uh, you pour you add the brat, bratwurst and then you pour over the, the liquid mixture and then you put the pan right over over direct heat. I put it on the gas grill um, over uh-huh. medium heat, close the lid, let it come up and you let it simmer for about 20 minutes. And then uh, you uh, add what I they said to add um, uh, jalapeno chili peppers seeded and finely chopped. But I, what I did was I grabbed the jar of pickled jalapenos 
and put some spoonfuls of that in and then add a little bit of the vinegar because they want you to add sauerkraut, but I didn't have any sauerkraut. Right. But I thought the vinegar might have that sour punch that, that to add to it. So to which counteracts the, the sweetness of the sugar and the uh, and the onion. So then I uh, so you then you let that cook for a couple minutes more. Then I took the bratwurst off and put them right over the, the flame to brown up and uh, served served that up with the and then I took the onion mixture. I separated from the liquid and put that right in the uh, cast iron skillet and kind of fried it up a bit to give it a to, to just kind of dry it out some to so that you could eat it with the sausage. And it was pretty darn good. In fact, one of the things we were both saying is, is this would make a really good soup base. This oh, yeah. the onion and liquid and the bratwurst like you can make a bratwurst soup. Which would be really good. It would be like a, it would like taste like summer bratwurst sandwiches. Um, I think what I would add would be uh, the chicken broth to that, and then some vegetables, and then I'd 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 cook the bratwurst in it, cook it over maybe some fire, you know, or in a cast iron to kind of get some grill grill marks on it, then chop it up and put it back in the uh, in the soup. So. So if you want to do a soup at some point with that, with a similar thing, maybe serve it with like cheese or cheese sauce or something like that. Mm. It would be really like good. Melty cheese on top. Yeah. Mel- yeah. Melty cheese. That would be really good. So almost we did like, that. Almost like a French onion sort of soup with like croutons and cheese. Yeah. You could take some like toasted, uh, tor- like a uh, hero rolls or sausage rolls, like the rolls for the sausages and toast those as the crouton. If you wanted to kind of be cute about it, that would be like if you were in a competition, cute. like a, like a reality show, bratwurst soup, it might be a thing. Um, all right, so then, so that was and that was last night, right? So uh, that's pretty much everything. Yeah, and I made Italian sausages with it too, with the onions and because the kids peppers. don't like bratwurst. The kids don't like bratwurst. Some of the kids don't. So, uh, so that's what we've been cooking. Uh, I also. Um, we oh, went to the it, farmer's market yeah. on Saturday, and so we had got fresh turnips and radishes and beets, um, all the great root vegetables. Uh, so I took the greens from the turnips and the radishes and the beets and some chard, and I cooked those up with onions and uh, garlic. That came out really nice. And then you cooked the turnip, and the turnip was so good. Yeah, the fresh spring turnips are one of my favorite things. They're so different from those those winter turnips that you get for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So the fresh spring turnips, I just dice them into like one inch dice. And then I saute some onions and then throw the turnips in and a little bit of garlic. Uh, once it starts to get brown, I add some wine and just a little bit of salt and pepper. And it's so good. Mm. Was, yeah, that was really good. sweet. We had so much. Actually, it was a lot of, with dinner last night because you also made we had got some uh, pink oyster mushrooms from the mushroom vendor. Right. Those were those were nice. Those were very citrusy. If you ever get a chance to try the like pink oyster mushrooms, they had a very lemony flavor to them. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, that was good. Um, there was so much food. I could 
I don't I don't know that I ate very much of the mushrooms because <laughs> there was just too much food on the table. It's this it's the spring bounty. I mean, the first farmers markets we you end up getting so many of the the greens and the, all that sort of stuff. Is yeah, just, later on after, uh, later markets, I'm, I'm more judicious and I'm like, well, do we really have do I really have time to cook all of this food and are we, do we really need it? Right. But the first markets, I'm kind of like going crazy like wild-eyed look at all this food <laughs> well and yeah the uh we and we also bought a bunch of plants for our garden with so tomatoes and oh basil yeah that's and- that's mostly what i did on saturday is i uh, prepped the garden beds and um planted yep planted cucumbers uh did you get peppers i got uh, a couple jalapeno peppers i got some cucumbers and i got some tomatoes um yeah on the way home from the karate we stopped and Went to the garden store and got fertilizer and some plants. Uh, we also picked up some plants, some seedlings at the farmer's market. And uh, the and kids and I. Yep. Yep. The kids and I, uh, we we did some planting. Yep. Got dirt, and, dirt under our fingernails. And <laughs> it was nice. I would have helped, but I was recording episodes with Jimmy. So uh, That's recording okay. mysterious words. Uh, I, I put them to work. Good. Ben loves to get his hands dirty. He loves to work. So I'm yeah. glad you got Lucy too. She was really in there. Yeah. She, she, in fact, she got mad at me the first, like I planted the first tomato and she really wanted to do it. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Here, here's the trowel. <laughs> Take a hole. Now put some compost in. Now put the tomato in. She was happy. Good. Good. And some beautiful black, uh, I almost said black dahlia. So what are they? Black, black petunias, black petunias. They're really nice looking uh, plants. Oh, yeah. I got some geraniums. I love red geraniums uh, and petunias for the patio. Just pretty flowers to look at. That's awesome. So um, that's what we've been cooking and will be eating in the future. (laughs) So let's talk about things we've been reading and watching. So you watched a movie. I did. What'd you watch? I watched Coda, which came out. Last year? Uh, last year, or even maybe even the year before. It's been right. out a while. No, I, I think it is a couple years. Uh, it won Academy, Academy Award. Award. All right, time to look it up. Okay, I don't remember which Academy Awards it won, but it yeah. won something. Uh, it's set in Gloucester, Massachusetts, which is a huge selling point. I love Gloucester. When we lived on the North Shore, I would drive up there for fun on like Saturday afternoons. And uh, it's beautiful up on Cape Ann. And uh, CODA stands for child of deaf adults and it's about a teenage girl high school student in gloucester um her family are fishermen her her she fishes with her dad and her older brother and her dad her bro- her older brother and her mom are all deaf and she's the one hearing member of her family yep. so to back up for a second okay. it won the best picture oscar and best picture right and best uh, actor, supporting actor for the dad. He was awesome. Who became the first deaf actor to win an Oscar. Oh, wow. Yep. And the best adapted screenplay. Those were uh, last last year, 2022. So, but it came out in 21. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Um, so the story is. So, so the story is she likes to sing. And she ends up signing up for choir as her extra, as for her choir class, as her like, um, elective class partly because the cute boy she likes she sees him signing up for choir and her her best friend is like why are you signing up for choir 
And the first day of choir, she gets like when the, the teacher's just trying to get them to sing happy birthday to me, um, just to hear the sound of their voice and place them. She like gets stage fright and runs away. Partly because she's been bullied all of her life by many of her classmates. When she started school, she talks like a deaf person. Because, again, everybody in her family is deaf except for her. Right. So her family, like, I think her parents, the, the implication is, although you never really hear them speak, I think the implication is they had some speaking ability, like that they had learned at some point, but they just, living in their family, they, they sign. Um, anyway, so she didn't speak well. Uh, she was bullied by, a, and we see her being bullied by a lot of the classmates. Um, but the choir teacher is sort of, it. partly it's the story of like, you know, the really amazing teacher who connects with the really talented student. That plot line is right. pretty much the sort of the secondary plot line. But the, and then the other plot line is about... Um, the family's fishing like business. They're selling their fish to the middleman who buys the fish from the fishermen at cheap prices, and then they're barely making making a go of it. Um, all of the fishermen are being basically ripped off by this guy, and then they're told that they're not now. They're going to have to have observers, and they're going to have to pay for the privilege of having observers on their boats. Um, and so there's basically, you know, gritty struggling business. And then she's off, um, with a cute boy swimming and the Coast Guard, uh, basically. The Coast Guard comes to the boat. The Coast Guard is pulling them over because they're like out of where they're supposed to be. And they're, they, the dad and the brother don't see the light flashing on the radio and they, they can't hear it. And so the Coast Guard ends up boarding them. Right, they get in big trouble. And they get, they get big fines and stuff. And so basically she's caught between her desire to go to music school because the choir director convinces her that she's got one of those voices. Like she could go to Berkeley um, College of Music in Boston, which is a big deal. And uh, he wants her to audition. And then she feels the need to stay with her family and to be their interpreter because she's the one person who can both sign she's and the hearing hear. person right right and she's basically it comes out like she's interpreted her for her family since she was really little like she would order beers for her her parents when she was like five at restaurants right because they i mean they could they but eventually they they sort of realized they can get by without her they got by with before they had her it's just that she made life right. Easier. They became used to they they, they started to kind of treat her as a crutch, right? So it's really a kind of a coming of age story. Um, and there's that irony that she, for her, singing and music is everything, and for them, it's it's nothing because they can't hear it, right? I mean, her her mom's first reaction when she says she's joined choir and she wants to um, go to music school is. If I was blind, would you want to be a painter? And she's like, why is it about you? Why can't it be about me? But yeah, her parents don't understand. I mean, music is the one thing they, her dad likes gangster rap because it's got a really good beat. You can feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. So like they come and pick her up at school and they got the, the, the bass, the bass yeah. booming and she's dead, deathly embarrassed. Like her parents are embarrassing uh, because 
they got they're booming the rap and they can't hear the words. They just like the beat. There's a great scene in it you described to me where she's performing. Oh, right. So uh she gets she and the cute boy, coincidentally, are singing a duet at the choir's uh show. Mm-hmm. And her family comes to support her and it's really beautiful that they come even though they're not going to be able to hear the performance and her mom has bought her a great dress and we never actually get to hear them sing the song we hear the beginning of the song and then this, the noise cuts out this, all the sound cuts out all the sound yeah and we are suddenly like in her parents and her brother's perspective watching her on stage singing and not being able to hear it but her father starts to look around at the rest of the audience and he notices, you know, somebody wiping their eyes, somebody, you know, waving their head to the beat, somebody, you know, tapping to the beat, like, and he sees that everybody's really moved. And even though he can't hear it, he can see the effect of her music on other people. And I think that that's sort of a turning point for him where he realizes that it's not, you know, her mom, one of her mom's fears at first was, but if she's not really good, <laughs> we can't tell. Like, if, right. if we could hear it, we might be able to say she's not really good. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> but they can't. Um, I thought the, the thing that this movie did really well was relationships. Her relationship with her family was was complicated and nuanced. And most of, you know. It's all signed. She only talks to non-family members. And so she's sort of back and forth between these two worlds where she's signing with her family and has some conflicts. You know, her mom yells at her for listening to music on headphones at the table. And she's like, why? What's the matter? What, what does it matter? <laughs> you can't, I can't hear you. You're being loud and you're being annoying. You're banging around and I'm trying to focus on my schoolwork. And then her brother's there at the dinner table swiping Tinder. And she's like, why can he swipe Tinder? And I can't listen to my music. And her mom's like, well, Tinder is something we can all do together. It's a family activity. <laughs> Which was hilarious. Now, I will say this is not necessarily a family movie. Um, there's a lot of coarse language. Um her father swears a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So, so like you can learn the sign language for all the good swears. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, in fact, there's one point where the music teacher is saying, like, tries to say nice to meet you. And he says something that's not at all. Okay. <laughs> and her parents are just staring at him like, what did he just say? <laughs> she has to explain. No, that's he, he learned the sign off of YouTube and that's just not, the way it's done <laughs> um and there's some graphic not super graphic but there is there's people getting it on okay including her family her parents like there's this embarrassing scene where they don't realize that they're being noisy and she's got her um boyfriend over and <laughs> they're practicing their song and suddenly her parents start making a lot of noise and then they assume that she's up to no good with her boyfriend. So there's there's content that you don't want younger kids to see. For right. Sure. So it's not really appropriate for younger. Yeah. Older maybe. teens or not really even older I, teens. Older teens, maybe. I mean, parent, I would say parental discretion, depending. Yeah. On it's on. Where. It's on Apple TV Plus. 
Uh, although I think you can also find it in other streaming, but it's it, it's definitely it was an, it's an Apple TV production, right? So it was, but it was really excellent. I highly recommend it. Anyway, I've probably talked way too long about it, but I really loved <laughs> I loved this movie, and I loved the oh the beautiful scenery. Uh, they go swimming in the quarry in Gloucester. Right Gloucester there. really looks like that, folks. If you yeah. ever get a chance to Gloucester visit, Gloucester is gorgeous. It's it's a the whole Cape Ann Peninsula of Massachusetts is is amazing and i miss i miss living up on in the on the north shore and seeing that i mean the south shore is nice but i do miss our jaunts yeah and your grandfather used to fish out of gloucester yes my my grandfather was a gloucester fisherman and uh till he was 65 he fished uh, out of out of gloucester and out of boston so and i will say that the the uh resolution of the movie was especially um Moving in beautiful. Yeah, it was moving. It was beautiful. It was yeah. it was well done. Like everything about it from beginning to end. Cool. So uh, I just want to briefly talk about something I've been watching, uh, which is Babylon Five, which is from the nineties. It's, it's oh wow! It's an old sci-fi. It, in fact, um, it was one of the first sci-fi shows that was. Um, it had an ongoing serialized story, um, sort of like, you know, how Lost kind of pioneered this idea of the the overarching story that goes throughout the whole s- series. Babylon 5 was really doing that early. And in fact, right, because because Star Trek was like Deep Space Nine. No, no, I was going to say Star Trek was was more oh, episodic. Episodic, it definitely. It, it didn't have really. I mean, there was a little well, bit of his working character arcs, but no real like story next arcs. generation. Definitely. Right. Babylon 5 comes along and started doing this. And then Deep Space Nine and Voyager both were more uh, Voyager was still episodic, but had this overarching they're trying to get home thing. Right. Uh, But Deep Space Nine was more about how this story arc, just like Babylon 5. In fact, some people say that Deep Space Nine is a Babylon 5 ripoff. You know, there's a lot of similarities. But in any case, Babylon 5 itself, um, it was pioneering in that in the mid 90s, all of this. All of the the space shots, they didn't use any miniatures. It was all CG. It was all computer graphics. So it looks very it looks very old in that sense. Like the computer graphics are pretty primitive from our point of view now, although they were pretty cutting edge then. Uh, but it's a really interesting story. Uh, I don't want to get into the whole what it, you know the whole arc, uh, but it it takes place in this future where there's a Babylon Five is a space station where multiple races have set you know have have named this sort of as common ground where disputes can be uh you know, resolved and people and we can uh, cultural exchange and what's very interesting is how they explore the aspects of the different cultures and religion is a very big part of it in fact an episode i just watched involved this one species whose religious belief is that if you were to cut someone open to pierce the skin, it would let the soul out, and then they would they would uh, they would be soulless and they would be damned essentially. So they're anti-surgery, right? Which is important because there's a this family with a child who has this a fatal problem. Uh, it's not a disease, but a fatal you know abnormality or whatever that is easily fixed with a very simple surgery. 
uh, but it's but it's fatal otherwise. So it sounds kind of like Christian scientists. It's kind of a Christian, right. right? And it's very interesting because, like, it's on the one hand you get people like saying, um, "Why we can't let their primitive superstitions, you know, take this child's life?" And on the other hand, you have we have to respect their beliefs. And so you have like this this these uh, uh, competing interests, these competing mm-hmm. and. They're, they're one. It's not one or the other is sort of written to be more reasonable. They're both reasonable, and you have these, uh, you know, this situation where you you see consequences. And it was it's so it's very well written. I really enjoy it. Uh, I, people have been telling me to watch Babylon. Watching Fa- it, huh? This is your first time. watching This is the first time watching it. I started. I tried to watch it years ago, uh, and caught like a couple episodes here and there, but never the whole thing. Uh, and so I finally found a way to watch. I got access to the whole series. And uh, so now I'm watching it from the beginning. Um, I do remember watching one episode where one of the main characters who happens to be um, a Russian Jew, like she's Russian. Uh-huh. She has a Jewish background and her father dies. And so she sits Shiva and uh-huh. they have the whole thing and they have the lamentation. And it was extremely moving, especially for me who had a, Russian Jewish grandfather. Well, it turns out he was Ukrainian, but uh, but just uh, it was very moving for me at the time. So it was really cool to 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 see that. So I'm really looking forward to continuing to watch. And to, there's a whole mythology that it dives into. It'll be interesting. Cool. So uh, I finished another book, another Murderbot story. By the way, if anybody wants to get into Murderbots, uh, the series, and uh-huh. you're interested in the Audible's books. There's something called Humble Bundle, humblebundle.com, where you can, um, uh, it's a charity thing. So they offer like software, books, all kinds of other things. Um, And so for, if you pay like $25, you can get all of the Murderbot stories as audible audio books, as well as like 15 other books. Like it's like a huge bundle of them. So um, if you go to humblebundle.com, it might, if you, when, when you listen, you might see, uh, you might see this still available. Um, they, they, they're only for a limited time that they offer these, but uh, check it out. But anyway, the one I read was Fugitive Telemetry. Uh, it, it sort of is a prequel. It kind of jumps back in time from the previous right. book, which was kind of confusing at first. <laughs> it didn't actually say it did, uh, but it's a police procedural. Essentially, right. I liked that Murderbot as cop, and um, I as we discussed last time, you see Murderbot uh, as female. I kind of just as you know thought of it as male from the beginning, and um, I tried to think of it in the female terms as I as I read this one, uh-huh. uh, which was different and interesting. I'm not sure it made a huge difference, but it was different and interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, so now I'm reading an, uh, the latest Tom Clancy book that just came, just came out. So um, that it's and it's good so far. Yeah, I'm about a quarter of the way into I picked up another Elizabeth Gouge novel since I liked Scent of Water so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is called Gentian Hill. Um, it takes place around the time of the Napoleonic Wars, and it's in a coastal village off the um East coast of Britain. So like right across the English channel. Uh, so far we've got two protagonists, one guy who has uh, deserted from the British Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
evidently his uncle was the captain of the ship and was he was being terribly mistreated. His uncle wasn't standing up for him. He's an orphan. And uh, this little girl who is also an orphan, she was her she was on a ship as an infant um, that exploded and her mom drowned but died holding her and she was rescued. Wow. Um, so she's been raised by this farmer and his wife um, and she's very happy and well-adjusted. And so I'm not really, I'm about a quarter of the way into the novel and I'm not really sure where it's going, but so far interesting. Cool. One uh, last note about Coda. The, yeah. the actor who plays the dad, Troy Kotzer, uh-huh. was in the first season of The Mandalorian. He, he was. He played the Tuscan Raider who did sign. He invented the sign language of the Tuscans. Whoa. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So they so he not only was he an actor in it, but he also created the language of the Tuscans, the sign language. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That's oh, I he was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually I want to uh, now I want to watch it. This is now you've watched something that I want to watch and I've watched stuff that you want to watch. You know, true. We, we we should really uh you know, maybe talk to each other once in a while about what we're watching and maybe... I was watching this when you were doing like watching stuff for work. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, you were watching while I was working. Yeah. So let's talk about Pentecost to, as we record. This is Pentecost Sunday. Oh, I love Pentecost so much. And to, so we had our parish had a mass, a trilingual mass. We although, had all three of the uh, communities together at one mass. Although technically really quadrilingual because there was a lot of Latin too. Sure, which is our unifying language. <laughs> and uh, so we had the English-speaking community, the Haitian community, and the, uh, Cape, and the Verdean. Cape Verdean community. So Haitians, well, actually Haitians have two languages. They have French and Haitian Creole. So straight French and then Haitian Creole, which is a version of French. Well, same thing with the Cape Verdeans. They, yeah, they, they speak... have Portuguese and Cape Verdean. Right. So Creole. I think the readings are like in French. Because they haven't created a lectionary just for Haiti or just for Cape Verde. Right. So like the readings are in French and Portuguese, but like the homilies were in the Creole, which are much harder to follow than the readings for me. Yeah. Um, I can follow the Portuguese a little bit. Like it's enough of a co- there are enough cognates that I can at least kind of get the gist of it. Um, I'm better at French, but again, the, the Haitian Creole is a little bit harder for me to follow. So like Father Joseph, I could follow some of his homily in French, but right, I got sort of the big broad sweeps. I missed a lot of the words in between. Um, oh my gosh, the music was so beautiful. They had a choir that was composed of. Choir members from from all three communities, all three choirs. So maybe I think there's maybe 50 people in the choir. It was impressive. The church was packed and I would say three, four, five, four hundred people. It sounded like more. Yeah, it was gorgeous. The the singing literally shaking the rafters like the Alleluia was I was in tears at a lot, many points of the, of the, I I don't know if I really stopped. Like my eyes were just constantly wet. It was so beautiful. And the, the, the various hymns, frankly, the English hymns were the least impressive of them all. Uh, The, the various hymns in the different languages were just 
beautiful, amazing. And then, like, the Sanctus they did in Latin, but it was definitely a Cape Verdean uh, setting. Yes. Which was impressive. Like, it was beautiful. It was impressive. It it had, like, it had rhythm. <laughs> it had rhythm. Right. And it was gorgeous. It was definitely not the Sanctus that I'm used to hearing, and I loved it. I would love to go to that Mass every Sunday. I was yeah. wondering what this must have sounded like to people outside passing by because it was it was heavenly. It was oh my gosh, it was so awesome. And Father Matt talked about like <laughs> he was gushing. He, right. How wonderful it is for all of us to pray together with one voice. Yes. He says the uh, because it's very a very Pentecost sort of thing because the readings reinforce to us how you know, aren't these Parthians and Medes and, you know, the Elamites and that whole thing? And he says the confusion begun at Babel is ended at Pentecost, not by removing the language barriers, not by removing what makes us different in different cultures, but by uniting us in one church, one body, one voice singing Alleluia together. You know, it was really, you could just tell how affected he was by this. I mean, he just, I love the, the the way you all shake the rafters. You know, Lucy was saying she felt the floor vibrating as it, as the singing. Unfortunately, a couple of our kids they are auditory, auditory sensory issues. And yeah, they did not appreciate it as much. They were like, it's beautiful. It was just very loud and it was very overwhelming and I'm overstimulated. And yeah. you were saying the one of them, when you, when they grow up, is probably going to go to the uh, Sunday morning old people mass, which is very quiet. Yeah, unfortunately for, for kids with neurological differences, those sensory issues can be really hard to deal with. I mean, we know a family whose kids with autism, they went to the 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 deaf mass in the diocese. Right. In the archdiocese. Yeah, I think because it's really, very quiet. Our kids really like the deaf mass. Um, but so, I mean, I, I feel like... Uh, I wanted to I want to do that every week, but on their behalf, I think we would have yeah. to to find something. It was it was pretty amazing. Uh, uh, and then there was two there was three homilies. So it was Father Matt in English. Then there was uh, Father Joachim in so was Father Joachim's Haitian. No, Father I, Joachim I, is Cape Verdean. Okay. Father Joseph is Haitian. I always mix them up. Joachim, Joseph. I mean, hello. <laughs> could, could it be any closer? Anyway, uh, I love the fact how easily they slip into singing in the middle of a homily, you know, they just start singing and then the people sing along or they'll do a litany. They, they, one of them uh, began this homily with the litany of the saints, which, you know, I could pick up, could tell, you know, what, what, what it was. Um, you know, it just was, it's just, I love that beauty of that. And the people feel free to, you know, to join in, to sing with him and they, they pray with him aloud. And uh, it's, it's much more participatory than, than the English masses are for sure. Yeah, you you definitely get a sense that there's a lot more back and forth. And there's certainly amening and clapping and yeah, it's a cultural thing. And I I have no problem with people expressing their culture in those ways. It's beautiful. And you could tell it's faith filled. These people were filled with the spirit. The, the Holy Spirit was really filling that place. If I'd seen tongues of fire on everyone's heads, I would not have been surprised. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was so amazing. That's That's how Pentecost should be. Every year, definitely. So good job, Father Matt, uh, for bringing everybody together for that. 
So, uh, and I guess that should be everything I think uh, we wanted to talk about. I think so. So before we go, we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Raising the Bets, including Father Eric C., Father Michael D., Joe M., John F., and Paul J. Their generous tax-deductible donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Raising the Bets and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And that's it for this time. Find links from our discussion in our show notes at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S. Send your feedback at the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Send us an email at bets at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. Follow Raising the Bets in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at the StarQuest YouTube channel where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, I'm Dom Bettinelli. And I'm Melanie Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to Raising the Bets on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash mysterious.